Welcome, everyone. We are about to begin. Beth Hashem Shalom Bayesh Shir 396. What we're talking about uh, today and in the prior Shir and the upcoming Shir are extremely important in Shalom Bayes for men to understand women and women to understand men, ultimately their own wives and husbands, of what drives them and what they yearn for and what their deep needs are. And by understanding this, this places a clarity and an understanding and compassion. And we're going to discuss on the men's side their um, needs and and aspirations so that the wives should understand that. And then we're going to talk about the women's needs and aspirations and how husbands, it's very important for them to understand that. And by having those understandings, with one another, they complete each other and they fulfill each other's uh, deepest needs for things. And last year we talked about the idea of prestige, and which, had, and which is primarily manifested in in men and husbands, and although it could be the other way around too at times. Here we're going to talk about the second one. Um, there's a chapter in Aaron Rabbi Aaron Lane's book GPS for a Happier Marriage that talks about this very very vital chapter called men and their three p's their three needs prestige was one and the second one is power power what does power mean a feeling of control over situations and over people and over outcomes again you know that's why it's so important for to learn about emun and betachen and know what, when it when it is healthy to have that feeling of control when Hashem wants you to, and when not, and when you throw everything on HaKadosh Baruch Hu, um, and, and that's something that it requires separate study. But it's certainly an important part of a man's nature. Do my peers respect me? How much power or influence does my job give me? Does my wife feel that I'm the man of the house? Uh, do I provide her with security? Do I project strength? Uh, you know, he says, if if if, uh, if a mouse is in the house, will they uh, will she call him to do that? Um, you know, the truth is, uh, you know, sometimes I would chicken out on that a little bit and try to get an exterminator. Or the children look at you as a hero or as a strong person. Are they trying to emulate you? This is very. These thoughts are very very integral to a male, to a husband, uh, to a man, and. Unfortunately, what happens is in the younger ages of a man, it, uh, when they're boys, it manifests itself in bullying. Bullying is much more the physical type of bullying. You have other types of verbal issues with women pertaining to this, but it's more of a male type of thing. The pushing around, poking fun at the weaker um, kids um, gives them a sense of strength and control. Now, that's when it's used in an unhealthy way. But that need to want to uh, have control needs to be channeled. This idea of being macho, you know, being, you know, that's why you have this, you know, that, you know, you're strong, you have muscles, physical strength, makes people feel powerful. It's, you know, sexually being appealing, has a certain power to it, all those type of things. And they very much put a connection to those type of things, to their own self-worth. Worth. Can I, how, how, how strong I, I am, um, or how much alcohol I can drink without getting drunk. 
and so on. All these athletes also, how people try to emulate famous uh, athletes, baseball players, football players, and so on. They earn respect by men because of their strength, because of their abilities, and they admire them for that. We're not going into what's healthy and what's not healthy in that in those aspects of it, but that is an inherent part of the nature of man, that they they feel respect when they have strength, and they look at other men that have the strength and they respect them for it. Very often, as men grow up, they seek that type of power in two areas: at home and in their careers. Some men sometimes need to feel. They're the final say in the house. Their children shouldn't question their father or think of disobeying them, non-negotiable. They need to feel they're in total control. Now, he brings the insight here that's very important to know as we're saying this, and it's not a subject for now, but kibbut of aim, honoring parents, is one of the greatest mitzvahs. It's one of the Aseris Adibris, even on the first column of it, which is together with the mitzvahs between man and God shows what a high level of a mitzvah kibbut aim is. And children are expected to respect their parents and obey them without question. But at the same time, as you look through Chazal and in Gidre Halach of this, Torah does not condone parents to act like tyrants and not to act in a way that will provoke their children to cause them to disrespect you or to cause them to rebel against you. Again, we could bring proofs from many Chazals that prove this point, that as much as there's a mitzvah of Kabbalah Savicha Vesimecha, Hashem is also saying to the Avon Aim, behave like a mensch, you know, towards your children even. You, yes, discipline, yes. You know, not, they're, not, they're not your friend, but you don't treat them in a cruel way, like a tyrant. And person, especially men, fathers, if they have in them that need for power, that need for strength, you know, that so they need to weigh this and be very careful as they do that. Okay, so so men sometimes are willing to share this power, but they want to see themselves as the most powerful, to have the final decision. And most women, wise, will oblige by that as long as they feel that their husbands truly, truly love them and respect them. But if a, if a man, this is what he says, which is a tremendous aside, if a man who is interested in power does not love his wife, it'll destroy his marriage. So it's very, very important to understand that. Wives also need to understand in men that this is a deep, inherent need, and it needs to be directed in a man. But the fact that he has it is not something to be ashamed of. It is a healthy thing as long as it's channeled in healthy ways. You know, when a, when a man is in the office, he wants to feel people are listening to him, that his opinion counts. You know, and, 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 and uh, you know, I, I'm not going to be pushed around. I'm, 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 you know, I'm the boss here, so on and so forth. And the fact is that criticism often is derived from, from the husband's own need to feel strong and obeyed. So sometimes he'll unhealthily criticize in for the wrong reasons so he says also an, un- an interesting point here that's important to know that part of this drive for power is to buy power too in other words money let's talk about money money is not a male need per se money doesn't have intrinsic value to a man 
but the value of money is what it can buy. So sometimes a man may think to himself, the larger my bank account, the stronger I feel because the money can buy me anything. People will respect me more when they see how healthy I, I well, how wealthy I am. And that is a reality that you see clearly. If you have a mansion, it's a sign of economic strength. Uh, you have a yacht, a Rolex, designer clothes, and so on. These are ways that men show their power and prestige. So their self-worth very often is tied to the finances. That is why when there's a financial crisis, you know, technically they could figure out ways to live in a happy way by toning down. Most people, when they go down that way financially, will feel depressed and may even hit rock bottom because they associate their own worth with money, with their business, with their assets, with what's in their bank accounts, with what's in their investments. So what happens is, and like he says very well, that their self-esteem crushes every time the stock market drops. So it's very, very important to realize this tendency that we have within us and try to make sure that we don't fall prey to that. Okay, so that is, together with prestige, what we talked about in last year, we have this need for power that is also mostly um, attributed to, to men, to males. The third one is pleasure. The pursuit of pleasure, the desire to feel good. It's usually a masculine trait. That's not to say that women don't have this issue, but men have this issue to a great degree. They, there's a saying, the best way to a man's heart is through his stomach. They have Men are known to have well appetites for physical pleasure, but with good wine, steak, rare whiskey, cold beer, uh, delicacies, things like that, and in marital relations, motivated by physical pleasure. And most people would agree that men provide love in exchange for physical intimacy, while women provide physical intimacy in exchange for love. That is such a powerful line that he writes in this chapter. I'll say that line again, and he's right. Most people would agree that men provide love in exchange for physical intimacy, while women provide physical intimacy in exchange for love. Now, in and of itself, there's a metashuloilishma that's healthy. And we said this many, many times. If a man desires the physical intimacy, the sexual experience, but he takes it, and even though now, he knows he wants to love his wife in many other ways, emotionally, spiritually, in a deep friendship. And to get there, he's motivated also because of the fact that he will also enjoy a pleasurable, physical, intimate life then it's healthy to pursue that, even if that motivation is in the back of, back of their minds. The same is true with women. With women that really they're not so much, again, I'm talking stereotypically, doesn't have to be this way, but many women could forego or have less interest in the physical intimacy, but they know they want that emotional connection and that love, and to get to that, they, 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 they get involved in the physical intimacy. So each one has a certain, quote-unquote, but if they're doing it for the right reasons, they feed it on their strength. 
So in other words, let the men use their pleasure, a need for physical pleasure to express their love to their wives emotionally. And the, the women also let them express very much to their husbands how much they need the emotional intimacy and, 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 and explain how important that is to them in order for their husbands to enjoy the most of the physical intimacy. So all human beings enjoy pleasure. Men and women alike enjoy these things. They enjoy eating, sleeping, having a good time, sexual intimacy as well. But men's pursuit for pleasure is much more fundamental. We're going to learn later again. We're not going to talk about it now much, but men often needs the physical intimacy in order to open up emotionally, that the women need the emotional intimacy in order to open up physically. And if they, they need to be very careful not to fall into a stalemate over here. It could become a vicious cycle. But if they both open up, a husband commits to strongly involve himself with emotional intimacy. Even if it's Shalai Lishma, he doesn't feel like doing it. But he does it, he, and he does it, and he works towards it. And a wife, the same thing. She commits to the physical intimacy, even though that's Shaloi Lishma, that's not really her end goal or what she really wants. She needs the love and the emotional connection. But then it becomes, if both of them do this together, they both give in and give to each other, then there's a reciprocal uh, benefit where each of them receives more and both of their deepest needs will ultimately be met. Now these three needs that we talked about, in one in the last year and two in this year, prestige, power, pleasure, they overlap a lot. For example, men are, are, they follow competitive sports. Competitive sports is a combination of power and pleasure, right? Buying a new car, it presents prestige, if it's expensive especially, and it's also power, and it's also pleasure. It's a pleasurable experience. Men enjoy car racing, horse racing, extreme sports, piloting fireplanes, joining special units in the army. All of these things fulfill all three of those aspects that we mentioned, the power, the prestige, and pleasure. Then he says an important point that many wives need to hear because he once shared this idea, what we talked about in the last two shiurim, to communities. And one woman said, wait a minute, you're basically telling us, you're depicting men as vain egocentrics who are concerned about themselves. And I know my husbands, and we know a lot of our husbands, are caring and giving. So how do you reconcile the two? And he explained that what you're saying is correct, but nevertheless, the men do have these innate natural drives. They just have to learn to refocus their lives on their wives, on their families. And these men will generally have very good marriages. They'll have strong bonds with their children, with their loved ones. But the key is is that men typically do pursue these prestige, power, pleasure type of aspects unless they're educated otherwise or they train themselves to focus on 
people and relationships outside of those pursuits. Also explains that as a person ages, some of these diminish, the, the need for this prestige, power, and pleasure goes down somewhat. But every, in every stage of life, it's there, ultimately. Males do need, as part of their healthy self-esteem, to express themselves this way. You could be madrachit in a teoretical way. All of these ideas. For example, the idea of prestige of kavod, you could use by being an ish to be an honorable person. Right? You could use it in a healthy way. You could become, take pride in your tzelam alikim, in your neshama, and be an elevated person. That's how you take the prestige aspect and channel it in a high way. Pleasure, same idea. Oynik Shabbos in a healthy way. know with your wife in a healthy way. And and enjoying things with the kavana, even sleeping, a kishmaka sleep, but with the with the idea is is that I'll get up as a Sashem and I'll be able to daven better, learn better, serve Akadish Baruch Hu better. Then you're taking that taiva and you're channeling it to a higher thing. And kinna. So in a way, I think kinna, kavit, and taiva, those are these three things. Kavit is the prestige, taiva is the pleasure. Kina is the power, because very often it is the need to domineer over somebody because you don't want to feel inferior to them. So I think really the Kina, Taiva, Kavit, that's Maitinus, Adam, and Oilam are these three things that we talked about in these two Shiurim, prestige and power and pleasure. But it's important for both men to recognize it in themselves and channel it properly. It's also important for women, if they see some aspects of this in their husbands, to recognize that it is a healthy, intrinsic need that needs to be directed in a healthy way. If he needs the prestige, we use that kavod to get him to elevate himself, to build him up. You are a ish, a respectable person, but as a tzalem alikim, representing a kaddish baruch Hu. Power also. Use, utilizing it in the right way. Because it is taka and achrayis on a husband, on a father, to have a certain degree of influence that's healthy and that's good. And that should be encouraged. Same thing with pleasure. Channeling pleasure in a healthy way. And Veshem will talk more about it Veshem, in the upcoming shiurim. But it is kedai and it's important to understand what these three P's are, as he calls it. Prestige, power, and pleasure and how to direct it in a healthy way, and understand when it's there. It's not evil in and of itself. It just has to be used the right way, and channeled the right way. And a lot of wise women, wise wives, know how to do this. They see this, this, these drives in their husbands, and they guide them with gentle encouragement to make the best of them with those drives that they have, and utilize it in the best possible way. Brachan atzlacha.